Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello, welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. <laughs> Ooh, that was a lot of ups and downs in my voice. We are back here again. I hope that you had a very successful, pleasant week. It's a bit chaotic out in the world, so I hope that you're safe. And to my Canadians tuning in, stay strong. I'm sending you guys love and light. Here at Late Night Talks, I hope that you find peace. Because that's what we're all about here, peace and harmony. And this is what shifts our energy, is to to find a little bit of peace. And peace is such a gift, but we all hold it inside of us. We just have to take the time to find it. And you've heard me talk about this in the past, about a nearby park that I go to. It's this huge, huge, huge lake. And I'll even go there on some of these days where it's been like really cold, freezing. And the reason I go there is, well, I love water. Something about water really soothes my soul. But I also go because of the amount of birds that hang around there. And I have this weird connection with birds. And there's always like hundreds of seagulls and ravens and turkey vultures that hang around this area where I go. And, you know, these turkey vultures are amazing. They only weigh like three pounds, but they can have a wingspan of like six feet. These birds are incredible. And I went over there today and there was actually a rare seagull that was there. And it was one among hundreds of seagulls. And there was a bunch of photographers there and all these people that were coming to take a picture of this rare seagull. So I felt a little bit, you know, connected to these people because (laughs) I didn't feel so quite alone when I have this connection with birds. So it felt good. Anyway... So I'll just, usually it's quiet there, but I'll go and I'll just indulge in the beauty that surrounds me. And this is where I find peace. And I just find it amazing that we have these creatures that fly around in the sky. And I know you guys probably think I'm nuts, but we have these creatures that fly around in the sky and they communicate, you know, in their own way with one another. It's their language. And I'll just be amazed at watching them keep the balance as they dance with the wind underneath their wings. And then I'll notice the beautiful backdrop of the vast blue sky behind them and the puffy clouds, none alike, 
that gently ease by. There's endless amounts of information and intelligence that comes through nature. That is, if you're willing to sit and study it enough, internalize it, you will see. It will show you everything that it needs in its divine existence in that very moment. And we're also unique that we'll get different teachings. My response that I received today will be different from yours. And again, the beautiful part is, again, we can go back tomorrow to the same spot, same place, and learn something completely different. Mother Earth, she's like a professor and how she expresses herself to us. So many people are blinded by the shiny things and the materialistic things in the world. Things that don't truly hold any true value to the heart, really. One day, none of it will matter. The only thing that matters is what we hold inside this vessel and what we take with us when we transition. So, I'll ask you. This is a question you can sit on for the next few days. What are you filling your heart space with during your earthly mission while you're here on Earth? What will you be taking with you this far if, say, tonight was your last breath. Just something to ponder. So, <laughs> we are going to move into the check-in, and then we're going to finally talk about this sexless relationship and how we can turn things around, okay? So, if you can... Let's close our eyes during this check-in. I invite you, when you take your next breath, to simply be more conscious. Allow your breath to bring you into the present moment, here and now. Breathe through your nose. Inhale cool air and nurture yourself. Exhale warm air and expel any tension and negative emotion. Feel your feet connecting you to the floor of the earth. Notice your breath and allow it to bring you into the present moment where you're safe, relaxed, and doing something positive for yourself. Just quiet your mind. Let all your thoughts go. 
bring your attention to your breath. Enjoy fully in this present moment and just begin to cultivate that inner peace, a safe place in your heart filled with love and light. And so it is. Thank you. Okay, now we are going to get into the topic tonight. Have you ever heard the saying, if you never want to have sex again, just get married? (laughs) Apparently, this is what happens in some cases. Sex-starved relationships. I wanted to discuss this topic because there are many starving people in the world. They hunger for sex and intimacy. And this was actually a suggested topic from one of my listeners. Tonight, we will look at some statistics, some possible causes to low or no sex drive, how to address a sexless relationship, when to walk away, and most importantly, finding a steamy resolution. (laughs) So let's get into this. This is obviously a subject that few openly discuss, right? But many people, especially men, suffer with on a profound level. They're often reluctant to express their concerns about this topic for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's feelings of embarrassment or shame. They may throw around some sarcasm around the subject in hopes that someone may be able to relate. Now, here is usually what happens. Two people connect on a certain level of attractiveness There's that rush of chemicals, the PEA in the brain, referred to as the endogenous amphetamine, right? Which is responsible for the elation, excitement, and the euphoria that we feel when we meet someone. So we feel this incredible rush of this neurotransmitter pumping through the bloodstream. You're all over one another. Everything is great and passionate, but about after one or two years together, boom, it all comes to a slow halt. The chemical fades along with the sexual frequency. This isn't with all relationships, of course. There's many marriages with very positive sex lives, right? And this makes for a hell of a hearty, long-lasting, healthy relationship. And then there's also individuals who are married and they have very little or no sex at all, but they're perfectly content with that. They're on the same page. Sex may not be a priority for everyone in their relationship because everyone's needs are different. But for 
others that are in this situation, they try and understand what happens when a partner loses interest in them as maybe a husband or a wife. Because women also do suffer from sex starvation. It's just a bit less common. Now, obviously, sex doesn't account for the whole of a relationship. But it does, in my view, play a significant part. This is what makes someone feel special, cherished, desired. This is how we keep that connection. And obviously when intimacy is interrupted, the other partner may be quite upset or even self-conscious over why this is happening. Now, if this describes you, you are not alone. (laughs) The capacity to understand the underlying causes of sexless marriages as well as the awareness that you are not alone in this experience are both critical to developing a more meaningful relationship with your spouse. It's more common than you think. So what exactly defines a sexless marriage anyway? According to experts, having sex less than 10 times a year is a sexless marriage. Some statistics share 20 to 30% of marriages are sexless. Marriages that are sex-starved are more likely to consider divorce rather than the marriages that are having sex on a regular basis. The amount of sex individuals have during their first year of marriage drops dramatically. This is according to a sexless marriage statistic. And sexless relationship statistics show that 61% of individuals feel that intimacy is a must in a marriage. I agree. The typical married American has sex 51 times on average, so about once a week. Only 48% of married women still want frequent sex after four years of marriage, so that starts to drop, right? A majority of men claim that women never initiate sexual contact. But the thing about it is women typically experience spontaneous desire 20% of the time, whereas men generally feel it about 80% of the time, and that's because of the big T, testosterone. This plays a significant role in this. If women had as much testosterone as men, it would be a little bit crazy. (laughs) There are instances where maybe one spouse expresses a need for tenderness, for love, and care from the other. They like to be touched and felt, yet the spouse may find it bothersome, annoying, They may be overburdened by stress or other commitments, and they may just see sex as less of a priority, which may be quite harmful in any relationship, especially a committed one. When you get into a relationship, 
you make a commitment to each other to be there for them, to nurture one another's needs, to support and listen to one another. But when needs aren't met, this results in anger and resentment and dissatisfaction among the individuals. When someone expresses to you that they miss you, even if it's at the end of a long, hard day, it's critical that you give them that space that they need to be heard and understood. And I realize there are circumstances that can make it challenging for some to be sexually active. Let me share some with you. There may be health issues. Hormonal changes in women can also affect the overall sex drive. According to Mayo Clinic, pregnancy, childbirth, breastfeeding can all affect a woman's hormone levels so that her sex drive is totally decreased. Sexologist Judith Stainhart stated that relationship issues such as lack of trust between spouses, maybe anxiety, pressures such as from children, and common misunderstandings between spouses also contribute significantly to having a sexless relationship. According to WebMD, the number one physical cause of lack of sex drive for men is the use of antidepressants and medications such as those for high blood pressure. These are all known to cause a drop in libido and sexual function in men. Low testosterone might impair sexual function. In one study, 28% of men with low sex drives also had low testosterone levels. 40% of men in their 40s have issues with erectile dysfunction and 50% of men in their 50s. There may also be a history of sexual abuse or rape that can play a role. Infidelity, addiction, lies, and other betrayals. You know, if there's an issue of trust in a relationship, it's hard to be vulnerable and therefore difficult to engage in that sexual activity. And sometimes marriage is solely done maybe for legal purposes, tax benefits, or just acquiring a green card. And last but not least... There's always that possibility that the sex just downright sucks. And it happens. It happens all the time. Having a sexless marriage is most often caused by an inability to communicate effectively. Because what happens is so many individuals are uncomfortable about talking about sex they tend to slip into the sex routine that is both manualized and unsatisfying in nature. It's just maybe too overwhelming for them to tell their spouse that they want to have sex or that they want to try something new in the bedroom. And as a result, they just don't. Behind this communication is intimacy. And this really is the biggest factor in my book. But we will talk about that in 
a, a few minutes. But again, regardless of whatever you got going on in your life, it's important that we involve your partner in the conversation. As well as your needs, your own needs, you have to be conscious of your counterpart's desires as well. Selfishness is not an option. Therefore, communication is pretty much the lifeline of every successful partnership. And we can understand being sexually rejected. This may cause a mental battle inside a person's mind, right? These issues make the guys that I know, because I know quite a few of them, that are dealing with this currently. These issues make these guys who are suffering feel unattractive. They feel unloved. It makes them feel unwanted. They're met with coldness. They begin to question whether or not they're truly loved by their spouse since their needs are not being acknowledged. They're often being met with this unresponsiveness. And when that happens, they sexually retreat and stop asking for it or or stop initiating sex. And then they become angry. And we all know under anger, there's fear and hurt. Actually, when when scientists examine the functional magnetic resonance imaging, the MRI, of the brains of some people that have just gone through maybe a rejection, a breakup, or divorce, they found that the exact same areas in the brain light up as the individuals who are feeling physical pain. So yes, disconnection hurts like hell. Anger and contempt turn into resentment. This, in turn, is when distance begins. You're going to stop becoming friends and become more like roommates. You're going to stop doing fun things together. You don't hang out in the same room anymore. And you may even start sleeping in separate beds. Sexually starved individuals are more likely to visit prostitutes, to become addicted to porn, to feel disrespected. There's a lack of confidence and really very little ambition to succeed in life. This is going to also lead to affairs, leading to a divorce and the breakdown of a family. So why do some stay in a sexless marriage? Because I also ask this to the, the fellows that I know that are dealing with this is, why are you staying? And they all have similar answers. Usually it's not wanting to break the family up or it's not wanting to lose what they've built financially. So for a majority, many couples would rather just remain in their marriage and end it for, you know, maybe it's children, financial concerns, like I mentioned, society, 
legal or religious considerations and so on. So even if they're unhappy in a sexless marriage, many people may agree that it takes, it does, it takes an enormous amount of courage to leave a relationship. It's very, very difficult. Getting out of a relationship requires tremendous courage. And some people, they would just rather cheat on their spouse in order to keep the marriage together. And some men even believe that being married is more cost effective than paying a large amounts of maintenance. However, most couples don't opt out of a sexless marriage since certain things are worth more, right? So how does one go about addressing this issue with a sexless partner? First, I think it's important to find out why it's sexless. Look back because it didn't start out this way, obviously. Examine deeply about what caused the sex to stop. And of course, you want to consider any of the above issues that I mentioned. Hormonal issues, pregnancies, kids, you know, that sort of thing. Infidelity. And really take some time in examining the possibilities. This is not something that you're going to come up with in just a few minutes. But really dissect it. You know, when did it go south? And are you taking part of responsibility for part of the fall? This is a very important starting point. It takes two people, not just one. And then maybe you can ask yourself some of these questions. You know, how do you feel about sex and the lack of sex in your relationship? Again, take time to answer these questions. What does it mean to you? What does sex mean to you? And why is it important or not important to you right now? What do you love about your relationship and what's working well for it right now? How committed are you to your partner and their needs? Right? So just take time and sit with these questions. Couples with conflicting sexual desires should maybe review their sexual history together. What peak sexual experiences have they had or or not had? This way you can learn more about what you need to have enjoyable sex. Again, discuss your concerns with your spouse. It's really vital not to criticize them because when you do this, obviously when we're coming at someone in that type of manner, you're not going to be heard when someone feels that they're being blamed, scolded, or assaulted in any way. Actually, Dr. John Gottman, if you listened to my episode on Is Your Relationship Doomed? You heard me bring up his 
theories in there. And in a circumstance like this, he recommends adopting the softened startup, which is what he calls to maybe guarantee a healthy approach to your problem. How to go about it is maybe describe your feelings, the situation, and your positive needs. For example, I'm disappointed by our sex life's decline. Or, I love to discuss this and find methods to connect more physically with you. Or, I've been missing you and I want to personally reconnect. When you go about it this way, you're most likely going to get a positive response from your spouse. Ultimately, if you look at the big picture here, if you think about it, you, you, (laughs) you are the one who is in control of your partner's desires. Let's talk about this. Intimacy. In, to, me, see. This is letting someone truly see who you are inside, being vulnerable. I show you who I am, you show me who you are. Intimacy is the ultimate, ultimate missing factor in sexless relationships. And I personally think that It's the intimacy that we lose first. And then that's when the communication starts to drop off. So the reason that, you know, this breakdown happens is because either one or both parties stop being intimate. There is a difference between sex and intimacy. Sex is sex right? It's a physical act. Intimacy, on the other hand, has many levels. It has an emotional, an intellectual, an experimental, and a spiritual level. These are the, usually the very things that draw us into a partnership to begin with, right? This is what we become attracted to before we decide to be with an individual. Then over some time, you either get lazy or bored. And we have to look at it this way. The better the intimacy, the better the sex. Right? The more you put into it, the more anticipation, the better the sex. Now, you know, I've talked about this in the past about feeling that we are feeling beings. We feel there's so much to feeling. And we have a multi-sensory body. Do you know all the possibilities that can light up these in another person? And while you do that to them, you're going to be lighting up your own at the same time. 
So this is when you become in sync and you're on the same frequency. And it's an amazing experience. You hold the key to changing your partner's mind. And if you can change their mind, their body will follow. You want to make them desire what you're offering. So what are you offering? Let's get into this a little bit more. You might not be aware of some of the activities that might awaken your partner's hidden sexuality. Knowing the truth about, you know, what engages his or her responsive desire is all that stands between you and putting that knowledge into effect into your marriage. You may have tried maybe the flowers, the little kisses, maybe the embraces, but that may not have been enough to fuel her inner fire. A woman reacts to a man who's assertive, confident, and highly desires her. And women know when they're desired. The man who isn't embarrassed of his sexual wants can easily draw her in. And I think it's an important aspect to look at. How are you approaching your partner for sex? If you're just saying something like, you know, say you guys are both working or she's been home with the kids and you come home and you say something after dinner like, well, maybe we can get a little wild and crazy tonight. <laughs> or maybe she's doing the dishes and you just kind of come up behind her and start grinding her. You know, depending on where she is emotionally, that might not go over so well. Especially if your partner has been going all day nonstop with the kids. This is why it's really important to give her some incentive. This is why incentive matters so much. And when I am talking about this, when I'm speaking about this, I'm not just talking about, you know, whenever you want it. I may do this throughout each day. For example, a relationship characterized by, say, trust, by emotional connection and flirting playfulness is more likely to stimulate a person's sexual reaction than a relationship that's marked by resentment, conflict, or disdain. Make foreplay last all day with teasing, with playing, with sexting. Because when you do that, anticipation is one of the best aphrodisiacs, okay? So this all-day game, it might be hard for some men to keep up with, especially if it's those who watch porn a lot, because there's less buildup. Say if you masturbated the night before watching porn, you know, you're not going to hold up for your wife. So it's important to stop watching porn so that you can allow that desire to build up for her and make it a connection that you both long and yearn for. 
just being in that playful mood. A person's sexual appetite may be peaked if maybe they're exposed to certain stimuli. Maybe the act of being kissed or touched on her neck, for instance, by a lover. This may be a source of sexual excitement for her. It might be a scent or a sound or something entirely different. Tease her a bit. Teasing is a great way to help arouse another person. These stimuli initiate sexual arousal. We all have different things that make us want to be intimate and to have sex. Going back to Gottman, Dr. Gottman, it's important to learn their love map, your partner's love map. What gets their engine going, right? (laughs) What gets them going emotionally, intellectually, experimentally, and spiritually? Learn about them again, even if it's been years. Engage with your partner and make that effort, and you may be surprised on the outcome. You may think that you have lost love for your past partner, but it's just a matter of reigniting it. Maybe that's what she's waiting for or he's waiting for. Another great tip is to let your partner know what you love and adore about their physique. Now for women, I know men have this issue too because we've talked about it, but women really struggle with body image issues. So give her that boost of confidence to want to be with you, right? Tell her what part of her body that you admire, whether whatever you're into, whether it's her lips, her butt, her breast, her legs, her feet, whatever floats your boat, it doesn't matter. Just let them know. Remind her of what outfits flatter her body. Again, Some women are very self-conscious, and when you boost her confidence, she will start dressing just for you, just for your liking, just to turn you on. So this will also help her to start thinking of herself as more of a sexual person. You know, if you think about it, the sex in, in the early days of a relationship are usually really good if it's with a good partner. <laughs> right? And it's because of your hot pursuit for her. It makes her feel sexy. So chasing her will trigger her desire and then she will want to chase you. It's that erotic turn on for a woman when a man is the hunter and she is the prey. Your wife or your partner, they need to know that you want her not just want her for sex, but that you really, truly want her specifically. Let her see your urgent desire for her. Spend more time off of your electronics, off your phone, and become more present with your partner. Spend more time in the bedroom together. 
go to bed at the same time. I did an episode a long, long time ago when I first started this podcast. And it was called Keeping a Relationship Sexy. Not the proudest of the the earlier episodes, but, you know, I have to start somewhere and I'm still learning every day. But anyway, there's some good pointers there too for kind of some ideas that you can do. I haven't listened to it. I don't have it in me yet to listen to it, (laughs) but you might find some helpful pointers there. But it's really just a matter of spicing things up. You know, invite toys and some creative play into the bedroom or wherever. It doesn't even need to be in the bedroom. Get really creative, right? Now, I just want to touch on this because I think it's important to mention. Orgasms through penetration for women doesn't happen as often as you might like to think it does. (laughs) There is six to 8,000 nerve endings that exist in the clitoris. So given the number of nerves in this pleasure area, it's no surprise that women are more likely to orgasm as a result of clitoral stimulation. So only about 18% of women orgasm solely from penetration, according to new research published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy. Now, that figure might be as low as 10% or as high as 25 to 30%. Dr. Stryker estimates The simple conclusion is that most women do not experience orgasm from penetration and need clitoral stimulation. So this is what I mean when I talk about getting creative and using your imagination because a hard-on isn't necessarily needed, I'm just saying. So, you know, maybe that could be helpful to some of you to help spice things up in reigniting a a fire within your partner. Oh, and there's also, this is something that I'll go into more detail about at another time, but basically Tantra is, it's an ancient practice. It's an Indian practice that goes back about 5,000 years. And the word Tantra in Sanskrit means woven together. So this practice isn't just about sexual pleasure, but it's more about celebrating your body and feeling that heightened sensuality. The goal of Tantra sex is to achieve spiritual and energetic contact during a sensual experience. It's slow and it's about feeling the connection. It's extremely powerful, this experience, and this can also be done solo as well. And again, I'll I'll talk about it at a later time, but this is another great approach that you can offer to really um, finding that connection together. You know, it's a whole new uh, dynamic, and a lot of it is eye-gazing 
and just touching. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to go into it anymore, but so how do we know when to walk away from a sexless marriage? The decision to end a marriage is one that only you can make, obviously. And some signs that it may be time to walk away include infidelity. One partner can't get over. You know, maybe you had an affair and they are just filled with resentment and they just can't get past it. Maybe incompatible sex, sexual interests or an unwillingness to address intimacy issues. Some of the four reasons that, you know, could indicate that it's time to walk away from a sexless marriage may include maybe your companion isn't willing to address the intimate difficulties or maybe they're not willing to make adjustments despite your repeated requests. You know, maybe the infidelity call was caused by a lack of sex. Maybe no one wants to really compromise because they have incompatible sexual interests. Or maybe you just simply lost your love for that person and it can all happen. Leaving any marriage is a very tough and personal decision, right? When we're faced with a circumstance such as this, it's really, really before you make that decision, it's critical to communicate with your spouse and clarify what needs aren't being met and fulfilled. You must really be willing to be completely honest and to speak your truth without fear in order to be effective. Because you want to give them a chance to understand where you're coming from deeply, that it's hurting you. And they might not see that. They might not know how deeply it hurts you to be rejected in that way. And hopefully in, in doing that type of communication, they would be willing to open up and say, you know, I need you to spend more time with me. I need you to be by my side. I need you to be more supportive. Or I need your help more around around the house. You know, things like that. But if you go about living like this and not speaking about it, whether you're going to leave your marriage or not, we can easily convince ourselves that this is the new normal for your relationship, right? And having that mindset that this is just how my life's going to be, you will feel very stuck, trapped, and lonely for the rest of your life. And life is far too short for that. Life is not meant for unhappiness. And if you really think about it, I don't know if you've listened to my episode on loneliness, but the negative impact that it has on your health, it has the potential to induce anxiety, depression, heart disease, and dementia. Loneliness 
can really harm your health. And you're more likely to die from loneliness than you are from obesity or heavy alcohol use. And I'm talking about loneliness of being in a marriage with someone or a relationship with someone that's not willing to work with you, you know, but yeah, rather than maybe seeking relationships outside of your marriage, maybe just kind of speak your mind, speak up, because I know it's so easily, and I was just discussing this with a friend, that the, the electronics, the internet makes it so easy for someone to have that wandering eye, right? You see someone that you're attracted to, you start texting them, and then there's, you know, sexting, and then there's phone calls, and then the more you talk, the more you're going to want to meet in person, and that's, that's going to lead to, to an affair, and it's important to establish those guidelines that will help you to prevent this from occurring. Because when we're deceiving ourselves, we're deceiving others as well. And obviously, there's no judgment here in this space ever. But, you know, just go a little deeper in with the situation before you throw your marriage away, maybe hear what your partner has to say and, and to fully listen and listen with compassion. So this, my darlings, is a wrap. I hope that you found value here tonight. Thank you for this suggestion. And you know, I'm always open to hearing questions or topics from you guys. I really appreciate it. And you can always send them to me through my link that I always have in the description of these episodes. So with that, I am sending out good, happy, positive, peaceful vibes to all of you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, good night. Take care.